Wasn't that good? That was very clear, nice to hear uh, something kind of from the heart and, and really fit into this good news segment today. Really appreciate Brad and Becky sharing that, sharing um, both the bigger and the very small but still important uh, prayers. Thanks for joining us online. Um, it's been really kind of a kind of a week, hasn't it? And uh, from all the hard things, there's there's been some really good things too for me personally. Uh, having a, a chance to kind of get refueled uh, our worship night on, on Wednesday night. I, I got the opportunity to be behind the scenes while our team led us. Uh, how many of you got a chance to join in on, online for that worship night? Great, great uh, to have an hour to get to do that together. And then this morning uh, to be led by our team. It's so awesome. So we've already got a chance to, to praise God, to be in his presence. And um, that's a really, really good and positive thing. I have a question for you today. What's your everyday carry? Online, what's your everyday carry? Uh, formerly, maybe someone asked, like, what's, what's in your pocket or what's in your bag? Or, or maybe more modern, what's in your tech bag or something like that? The stuff that you carry all the time, we'd love to hear from you. Here's an example of an everyday carry from some of the YouTubers that, that I've noticed uh, lately. Sometimes it might be something like a, a minimal, minimalistic kind of approach, or it could be uh, like all black or matte black or, or carbon you know, carbon fiber or something like that, or stormtrooper, I guess, is another option. But the everyday carry is sometimes the, the things that are with you all the time. They're in your pockets. They're attached to you. Uh, they're the things that are really practical and unique. I'd, I'd love to hear from you. If you have something unique in the comments, let Pastor Ben and Pastor Mike know. What's that unique thing that might be uh, that only you carry? I'd love to, love to hear that. In the room, too, what is the thing for you? I'll, I'll share a few of mine. For me, uh, well, 2020, I took it off so that I could preach, but my, my mask is with me. It's an everyday carry no matter where I go. Um, I'm not at the church literally every day, but this is pretty close. Uh, I have the church key in my pocket, so uh, you guys can't lock me out. I can get back in. Uh, in my back pocket, pretty much every day since, uh, since I started playing guitar, I've, got, I've actually got two, so if I lose one, there's probably another one there. I, I play guitar, and so I've got them ready to go. Uh, what else do I have? Well, I've got a, a wedding ring on since Kelsey and I got married in, in 2014. Um, so I've, I've got this. It's a, it's a daily reminder. Uh, used to probably be my phone, but in, in the last little while, uh, the watch is kind of taking that place. So that's something. It keeps time. I can take phone calls, whatever. Uh, but that's part of my everyday carry. I guess, too, the clean canteen. I try to drink water every day, and this thing goes with me no matter uh, where I go. And in case I need a drink, too, it's handy for that. Uh, but what's your everyday carry? What's something that you carry with us? Let us know in the, in the comments. Um, the ultimate everyday carry that I wanted to introduce to us today comes from Scripture. It, it comes from uh, the New Living Translation, from Matthew chapter 11. The, the last three verses of that chapter I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. I'm going to pause. I'm going to read it in uh, the message paraphrase as well, uh, just for some clarity there. Um, so it's, it's these three verses. Jesus is talking to the crowd. Jesus is talking to the disciples. Jesus is talking to us. So let's read that together. If you have uh, your device, if you have your physical Bible open, it will be on the screen. It'll be uh, on the video stream as well. And so let's read this together. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you 
Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Isn't that good? That's his invitation to us. And I love whether I'm studying uh, in general, whether I'm reading, and I just want to hear kind of a different version. I know when I was in in college, one of my professors said, if if you're doing a a report on the Bible, don't just read in in your everyday um, scripture, whatever that passage is, but read in others. Sometimes you can notice either wording or something might stand out to you, but then you really know um, kind of what, what different different people are, are trying to use to interpret to get a really clear understanding. And so Eugene Peterson is, is one of my go-tos. I just love the clear language. And sometimes, although I've read the passage probably hundreds of times, it stands out to me. So we're going to read this. I'm going to go slowly on this one. This is the message paraphrase. Still Jesus talking, and this is what he asks. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. Father, we thank you for this service. Thanks for this opportunity for us to be, many of us in person, and many more online. Thank you that we're united through this today. Thanks for our worship team, uh, for them going before us and in, in, in just presenting the gospel through song in singing what you've done and who you are. Uh, God, we believe that you have no rival. We thank you so much for your sacrifice. Thank you that we're looking forward to taking part in the Lord's Supper and in communion together a little bit later. Um, and God, thanks for this moment that we get to look into your word. We get to spend time with you. God, speak through this message. Help illuminate what it is that you have for us. Um, Help us to hear clearly this invitation, but also to act upon it. God, use me in this moment. Use how you've been dealing with me this week, um, the different experiences that you've given me and the illustrations that we're about to look at. Help this to be clear for all of us so that we can uh, move closer towards you, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, my everyday carry has changed over the years, and I'm sure yours will change in the seasons. I I brought today, uh, I have a few different Bibles here, different translations, and this one in particular, you know, it's it's not as worn as maybe I thought that it was going to be. I expected that it was like falling apart. It's actually held up quite well. This is my everyday carry starting in 1999. And so when I first received Jesus, this is a Bible. I, I actually owned the Bible before that, and I looked inside. I was sharing with Pastor Dave a little bit earlier this week that it's kind of embarrassing to look back at your teenage self and maybe the things that you had in there and st- stickers and things. And also, I don't know if you guys remember the ska band from the 90s, a Christian ska band named the Supertones. Well, I know them because they signed my Bible and gave me scripture verses to read when I was uh, you know, only 16, 17 years old. Um, but I have tons of notes in, in this Bible, especially in the New Testament, I'm sure in Psalms and stuff. Uh, there's so many pages that I have either a highlighter or a pen that's marked this. But when I first became a Christian, 
this was my everyday carry, literally this Bible. And what I mean by that, I know we've gone through lots of different uh, stylistic changes when it comes to jeans and the clothes we wear, but there was a season where some people could get away with wearing quite baggy jeans. That was pretty convenient for my teenage self because I would choose a pair of jeans that I could fit this in the front pocket. You don't believe me, but I, I, I know phones are pretty much this size now. Uh, but there was a time, and I think that's one of the reasons on the outside it, it's rough, but it, it's actually held up quite well. And this was part of the everyday carry. Now, just for clarity, I, I, I knew about the Bible before. I had read most of the Bible before. But for the first time, this is when I started following Jesus because I, I, I guess I realized how real he is. And then when I started reading scripture, it was like my eyes were open. It's kind of that feeling now I wear contacts, but there, there's been a day or two where maybe I forgot to put them in or something. And I'm like, things are a little fuzzy. You put them in and things are crystal clear. Or for many of you that, that have worn glasses or wear glasses right now, if you don't have them on, you can still kind of see, but it, when you put them on, it's like, ah, oh, thank you. Everything's clear. Things were so fresh. And so I read this thing. I, I made so many notes in, in this Bible over the years. And so part of my everyday carry when I was finishing high school and even going into college was this right here, this scripture. And we're going to go through and kind of see a little bit about our everyday carry as it pertains to the invitation Jesus has for us, as it pertains to the word of God, uh, both the, the scripture, but also Jesus being the word of God. And to do that, we're going to go back to this main passage in chapter Uh, 11, the end of it, of Luke. There's three verses. We're going to look at the New Living Translation. We'll start with that verse 28 and then 29 and then 30. Then we'll we'll go into uh, the message. We'll we'll reflect on that. And even the English Standard Version, the ESV. And so this will be on the screen, but if if you're at home and you're able to make notes, this would be great. If you're here with us and you have your scripture, awesome. But just keep in mind, if you don't, that's okay because it's going to be on the screen uh, with us. So starting in verse 28 at the end of, of Matthew, then Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. The ESV says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Think about someone who's working uh, and, and they have this heaviness. He's offering rest to them in this case. But then in the message, and we heard it a moment ago, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. That's his invitation. You know, many of us would check one of those off. These are are some symptoms here, aren't they? Uh, How many of them apply to you? You can let us know and we'll join in in praying uh, with you and and for you and, and you can pray for us as well. But think about it also, how many apply to the listeners that were hearing Jesus share this for the very first time? It's kind of interesting to note If you continue just after these three verses, we're in now chapter 12 of Matthew, and you can see it kind of implies uh, that we're we're dealing with this on the Sabbath. And then there's many stories um, regarding the Sabbath and whether there's work on the Sabbath and things like that. But Sabbath is what? A day of rest. And here he is talking about it. But these people are tired. They're worn out, not just from work, but 
from the pressures of, of the religious leaders, the traditions, those man-made traditions, uh, those things that were wearing people out. And you read that throughout Scripture, throughout the Gospel examples is, is especially. Um, think of it this way. God started with, what, one rule? Eventually, it went to the Ten Commandments. But then the religious leaders and, and, and people got it up to about 613, plus the, these other traditions and things that they were trying to carry on. But we see in the gospel account that Jesus sums it up, this one that's kind of two, uh, that he, it really takes care of all the commands. And if you do this, you do well. It's to love God with your whole self and to love your neighbor as yourself. And if you could do that, it, it takes care of all those rules, all those commands. Jesus meant to take that burden back, and we're going to see a little bit more of how. But I came up with this question for myself, and it kind of hurt to think about it. But as I was looking at this in the context of what he just asked, how many are burned out on religion, it made me wonder how many people miss Jesus and get religion instead. He's saying, come to me. This is his invitation to come directly to Jesus. In the next verse, it says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. So now the question is, what is a yoke? Uh, Many of us don't see this or use this on a daily basis, I don't think. So when I was talking with Pastor John about this earlier this week, I said, well, what do you think of? What do you picture in your mind when you're thinking of a yoke? And he, just like me, imagine a pair of oxen. So just imagine that there's this wooden, maybe metal, but probably wooden apparatus that goes around the neck, kind of on the shoulders, and it unites them and it aligns them together. And you probably picture too, if it was a still image in your mind, that there's probably a farmer or a farmhand behind there and probably some tool that these oxen are pulling through a field. Can you picture that with me? So that's kind of the the yoke imagery that probably first comes to to mind. It's something that unites, it it connects, you know, and it aligns, and and it kind of makes the the job easier. It doesn't make the job easy completely, but it makes it much easier. John Mark Comer in his book, The the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, talks about the epidemic of of hurry. I was... um, considering uh, during this message, like, where have I read something like this before? And so I, I resorted to my Kindle, and I, I, I searched for some of my notes, some of the underlying highlighted parts, and, and I got to this section that applied to the yoke that Jesus is talking about. John Mark Homer, he specifically shares of uh, what Jesus has to say about this topic, and, and he reminds us that Jesus is a rabbi, which means teacher in Hebrew. And every rabbi had a, a yoke, not a literal one that's used in farming, but a yoke, to quote him, is this common idiom in the first century for a rabbi's way of reading the Torah. Also, it was his set of teachings on how to be human. His way to shoulder the at times crippling weight of life, marriage, divorce, prayer, money, sex, conflict resolution, government, all of it. A yoke is how you shoulder the load. So that's the imagery, shouldering the load. And his big idea on this was that if you want to experience the life of Jesus, you have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. I want to say that one more time. I need to hear it again so it's clear. I hope you do too. If you want to experience the life of Jesus, you have to adopt 
the lifestyle of Jesus. We continue in the message paraphrase of verse 29. Jesus says, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. So what does Jesus promise here? Life and rest. I can get behind rest. I don't know about you. For me, it might be hard in the day-to-day to to really properly take rest, but when there's a vacation coming up, I'm so excited. I look forward to that because then you're saying, no, no, this is the point. This is what you're doing. How many of you that are still working find you've never been more productive than the Friday before vacation? Anyone else going to admit that? You can get so much done right before vacation because of the anticipation. You want to leave things behind so you can properly take a rest. Uh, Well, just earlier this month, the, the first week of November, Kelsey and I were getting ready to celebrate our sixth wedding anniversary, trying to get her to sign on for another six years at least. But uh, we're taking a a vacation uh, together and mainly a staycation in in this context. And, you know, the first day I tried not to do very much, tried to put the uh, to-do list aside. The second day I was like, I got to get some stuff done though. So I changed the oil in the snowblower and got fuel and the treatment stuff ready for that. I blew up the tires in that. I took our propane tanks, got it ready just in case we want to barbecue this winter, I guess. And uh, got got a few things done. But then Wednesday, we got out of town. Mind you, this is three weeks ago. This is not current. Uh, But we got to go to St. John for a few days. And what I loved about that is there is a to-do list, but it's more of a fun one. You get up, and at least for me, you have really good coffee. And there's a really good coffee shop there. I'll tell you about it later. Uh, You get coffee. You have something to eat. You walk around uptown. I just just love the old buildings and stuff like that. I'm I'm a sucker for brick. Um, You find a good place to eat. Um, now, we stay at a hotel. We don't have cable. I don't know about you guys, but we love HGTV, and so it's a real treat. So at, at the end of all this, we'll go to a nice restaurant and then rush back so we can watch HGTV because it's so good. Those renovation shows and stuff, uh, I, I love it. Found a new one that I like. If you haven't heard it, this is no, not a promotion. It's just I just like it. Hometown. You guys ever seen that one? It's awesome that they're like renovating their whole hometown. They go to these people, they know the history of the house. They reuse different things of it to to renovate it for the next people. Anyway, I'm a sucker for that. I can get behind rest and vacation in this context. Think how much more the people listening to it in this context. We don't know what it was like to to walk in in their sandals, so to speak, but but for them that that needed to recover their, their life, that needed to know how to take a real rest, even the Sabbath might not have felt much like rest to them because of the, the burden that religion had put on them. And then when we get to that final verse, verse 30, Jesus says, For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. And the message puts it this way, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Think about what he's claiming there that he won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting. Now, I believe Jesus is the author of life. I believe he's creator. And so he would know what would fit us or not. But also, he's kind of implying that other people have already put things there or would put things that aren't really uh, well-suited for us, right? And if you think about this, what he's saying is that your, your everyday uh, needs, this is my interpretation, it needs to help you spend time with Jesus, and just, just like we heard in that good news video, and in prayer, in his word, uh, and who doesn't want to live freely and lightly? He will help us shoulder the weight. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. 
I love that idea. So if you think about it in, in, the, in the agricultural sense of the, the pair of oxen side by side, well, imagine what he's trying to say with that. Not just his teaching, but in this case, that he's helping you to shoulder the load. But you have to be united with him. And then you have to be aligned with him. But he's going to help to shoulder the load. I just love that imagery. Ultimately, going back to the Comer thing, where he's talking about this yoke for a rabbi, it's their, their teaching, their reading, their understanding of the Torah, but their set of teachings on how to be human and their way to shoulder the, at times, crippling weight of life. So this is what he's really offering to us, this lifestyle of Jesus. If we could walk in his steps, it reminds me of uh, 1 John 2, 6, I think it is, that he who says he abides in Jesus must walk the way that Jesus walks. And, and if we were able to walk like Jesus, uh, then he would also be helping us to shoulder the load, to, to reduce those, those burdens, those religious uh, extra things that are, that are poured onto people that wear them out, that wear us out. He's, he's uh, looking to shoulder that load and, and reduce that from us. I, um, I think about it, when it comes to the everyday carry, uh, when it comes to the word, when I was just about to turn 30, I remember being challenged of several years of being, you know, in Bible school and having to read, not just because I wanted to and not, not just because of my faith, but because I had an assignment coming up or a big presentation. So I read a lot of scripture. And sometimes it was because that was the thing to do. But I got to a point where I had to ask myself, I was thinking as I was reflecting on my 20s and getting ready to go into my, my 30s, and now I'm 38, I wanted a different and a fresh approach to reading scripture. Not just a to-do list of, I did it today. Big deal. I wanted it to change my heart once again. I, I didn't want to just do it because there was some burden that whether I've placed it on myself or I thought Christian culture is placed on myself, I wanted to read it because I wanted to spend time with God. And so as I was approaching that, uh, I realized that part of my everyday carry at the time was a phone in my pocket that had version, or at least could contain the version app. They've made it really easy to do plans and things like that. So in a good way, I, I, I used my personality, which likes lists and things like that. I set up a plan, and I would read through whether it was one of the Gospels. I'd read it. Uh, so every day I was in it. One of the things I found with it is that I could hit play and even listen to someone else read it. And sometimes that just helped to, to bring clarity. Uh, with the, the click of a button, I could go from NLT to MSG to um, maybe NIV or ESV or any other, you name it, and I was able to see or even parallel different translations. So I made a commitment, not just for the checking of the box, but I wanted to be in the Word every day. Not just because it's my job. Being a pastor sometimes seems like being a professional Christian, but, but you have to be a disciple first. And so in this case, I wanted to be in the Word. And so that, that was something that was really important to me. I would encourage you, I know we've said recently out of some of the things regarding discipleship for our denomination that John West, he, you know, in some studies found that uh, people that read the Bible at least four times a week are so much more likely to continue in their, in their spiritual growth and, and discipleship, and, and you see all these results from that. And I, I want to make sure that you hear with grace yeah, read, read it as, as much as you can and don't, don't feel bad. Yet the challenge to be in it every day, uh, if we really believe that, that Jesus is the bread of life, that the word is, is nutrients for us, then I would encourage you 
Yes, please, please hear it with grace, but read the Bible every day. Be in his word. Um, I, I think back to uh, this particular uh, Bible that was part of my everyday carry um, as I was closing out the 90s. Um, it's in rough shape now, but the, the version of it is the New King James Version. And it's kind of the version of my grandfather. It's kind of the, the version of Kelsey's grandfather. Maybe many of us uh, still read it. Still good. That's not what I'm implying. I just mean that what was fresh to my grandfather uh, was, was this exact um, scripture. And as I was thinking about this message that's from the heart, that's kind of our, our series for this, I was trying to think of ways that, that God's already taught me something, some experience that I could share, some way that I could be transparent. So I was thinking of, of kind of how this ties together. And so what it really made me think of is the 23rd Psalm, The Lord is My Shepherd, is, the, is usually the title of it. And the reason I think about this, many of you uh, might know and, and, and many of you might not, that I grew up with my grandparents, and I'm very proud of that. I, I, so I didn't grow up with my, my father around, but my grandfather, I knew he was my, my grandfather, but he was the father figure. He was the real John Sherwood. And, uh, and the translation that he would have read was the, the new uh, King James Version. And, and for both my grandparents, when they, when they passed, um, I had the opportunity. They got me my first guitar. I had the opportunity to play guitar for both of those services. I got the chance to read this scripture at both of those. And for my grandfather, I even got to do the eulogy. And up to that point in my life, when I was 29, that was one of the most meaningful uh, moments to be able to you know, I got to have him in my life uh, caring for me for 29 years, and that was just a moment that I think was really good for me, for the family, um, uh, to kind of give back in a way. And the 23rd Psalm, um, having that read in that, in that context is meant to be for comfort, I, I, I think, right? And it's one of those ones that many people would know. If there was any passage that they had memorized, there, there's a chance that that one would, would, would hit home for, for many people. And so it, it brings a lot of comfort. But if you fast forward, um, that, that same year, that was uh, 2012 uh, in the summer where I lost my, my grandfather, um, just a little bit later that fall is when Kelsey and I got together. And one of the first times that her and I got to hang out, I met her grandparents and I met her grandfather. And over the, the next few years, her grandfather became my bonus grandfather. Uh, they, you know, each of our grandparents were born, you know, close to the same time frame. They both grew up in the Depression. They had a lot of similarities, whether it was watching baseball or thinking they knew everyone in town. And no matter what age you are, that you should know them too. Well, you, of course, you know so-and-so that lived here and then worked there. And anyway, it, it, it was awesome. But she would sometimes, Kelsey would sometimes ask me, well, how do you know this? Or how do you know that? I was like, well, your Grampy and I talked about it, and in the last few years of his life, I just started calling him Grampy because he, he was Grampy to me. He was my bonus Grampy. Anyone else love grandparents out there? They honestly are the best. And um, just before Christmas last year, it was, it was a Sunday afternoon. It was snowy. Um, just a few days before Christmas, I, I dropped Kelsey off up at the hospital to, to go up to, to the room that he was in to see him. And I wasn't sure how much time we would have, but I, I knew that it was close. He's 90 years old. Um, and he had been through a lot. And I went home, uh, took care of a few things, and came back. Now, I didn't have this, literally, this physical Bible in my possession, but when I went up to the room, I did have the phone on me that had uh, version, the Bible app. And uh, Kelsey's grandmother asked me if I would read some scripture for them and, and, and for Grampy, and 
Um, and so I did, and I, I tried to guess at what maybe passage, and then I think I got some, well, would you read this passage, and then would you read that one? And, and I might have started in just the translation that was open, that, but then I asked, like, what version or translation? I, I figured that it was new uh, King James, but eventually I got to the other side of the bed, and I was right next to Granby, and I was able to hold his hand, and at this point, um, he had been through a lot of pain, and uh, his eyes were shut, but he was listening, and his personality was intact, because when I get nervous, I speak quickly, or I read quickly, and so I'm, I'm on my phone reading the scripture, taking it seriously, but probably going this fast, and he's like, would you slow down? I was like, oh, you want me to slow down? He's like, well, that's what I said. Like, he's trying to, come on here, let's, let's do this. And I was like, oh, okay, no problem, no problem. They asked me if I would read uh, The Lord is My Shepherd, the, this 23rd Psalm. And so I started, keep in mind, his eyes are shut. But as I started, I read, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I didn't intend to leave a large pause there. I was just trying to slow down. But then he recited it back out loud. He, he already knew it, but I was just there to, to help him, to kind of cue him up for the next one. And then I read, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. And he starts, he makes me to lead down in green pastures. And then he leads me beside the still waters. And again, he would recite it back to me. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And then we know this one. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. God with me is, is what David is writing here. And that's so personal in that moment. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Think of sheep, think of a shepherd taking a rod, and it might not seem like comfort, but he's trying to get them in line. And the reason this stood out to me in this exact kind of sermon preparation time is, this yoke that Jesus is offering. Think years and years before when David is poetically writing this from his experience about the Lord as his shepherd. Obviously, we also know that Jesus is our shepherd and he's the good shepherd. But this, this illustration of the yoke and this rod, is there not a similarity? It started making me think, as his eyes are, are closed, I'm able to, to see the words and, and, and read it not off the page, off the phone. This is the same exact wording. I'm reading it and I'm thinking of another verse. I'm thinking of Psalm 119, 11, where it says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. See, in that moment, with his eyes shut, it didn't matter if his everyday carry was physically a Bible or a phone or whatever technology. He had put it in his heart. And I love how Eugene Peterson takes that first part of the verse and says it this way. I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart. In that moment, that's what was going on. He's banked God's promises in the vault of his heart. And here he's, he's pouring out when he says, for you are with me. Even in that moment of pain, he's at the end. It just made me think, I have no idea how long I'm, I'm going to live. But I hope that if I ever got to that, that point, that my everyday carry, it wouldn't matter so much about the physical things but realizing the word of God in my heart. And by word of God, yes, I do mean scripture, but more particularly as we're closing this message is the word of God is Jesus. And if he's with us, he's our everyday carry. If he's offering this promise of this easy yoke, of something that's not heavy, he's not gonna put something ill-fitting on us, 
He's willing to shoulder the load with us. But it also makes me think of this. In order for us to do that, I think we've probably felt it even in this message. I'm sure we felt it this week and definitely this year. We already have weight on our shoulders. For us to take up the easy yoke, we need to first remove or have help to remove what's, what's there. And I got to this, and we're going to read again in, in the message. I just, I just love the clarity um, of the everyday language here. But I just want to read the start of the first verse, so it might sound familiar to you from, um, from the New Living Translation. If you were in Hebrews chapter 11, it, it's kind of like the, the hall of faith, kind of like a hall of fame, but the hall of faith. All these people that have done all these great things for God throughout the centuries. And the writer of Hebrews comes there to um, chapter 12 and says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, and then he goes on, but what he's thinking here is, is all these, um, these famous people from Scripture, the, these Jews that have led the way, they've been heroes in the faith. They're now gone, but they're witnesses to this. It made me think of in our own life, don't we have people that have gone before us? In my case, it might be a grandfather or a bonus grandfather, but, but they're this huge crowd of witness. And when you're reading it in, in the message paraphrase, there's just three verses left before I call the band up and before we take part in communion. But it says this, don't you see what this means? All these pioneers who blaze the way all these veterans cheering us on. It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down and start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. That's his yoke. Not just his teachings, but his life and his lifestyle. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Let us strip off everything that weighs us and slows us down is, is what they say. And that sin that so easily entangles us. And so as we're closing, I'm going to invite the band to come up as we're preparing to do communion. But as we close this exact time, think about it. I think it was John Ortberg that said, an easy life isn't an option. An easy yoke is. And the point here is that Jesus is offering a new way to carry life. A fresh way to bear responsibilities. It doesn't mean that life isn't hard. It means that he will help us shoulder the load. That's the point. And if you think about as we're going into communion, what better time? We're all carrying something. In order to take this up, we need to be able to let go of whatever's there. Simply put, and of utmost importance and internal eternal significance is if there is sin on your shoulders right now weighing you down, you can be forgiven because Jesus has done everything possible so that you could let go of that and you can take up his, his easy yoke. 
So of course, if, if there's sin, this is an opportunity. You're in a really good place to handle this. If you're online right now and you need forgiveness, uh, you can do that. And I know Brad has already mentioned that in the good news segment, but this is a moment where you can be freed from that weight. If it's something else, if there's something else weighing on you, just a little bit after, once we, we close with this song, uh, we'll come back up and we're gonna have a time of prayer. There's gonna be a couple on either side here to pray with you. If you're carrying a heavy burden, don't carry it any longer. Let us pray with you and for you. Let's get rid of that heaviness. Jesus is offering something, not ill-fitting, but something that's perfectly suited for you, and he's willing to help you shoulder the load. And so as we go into this time of communion, uh, does everyone have their, their elements in the room? If you don't, if you just raise your hand, we'll make sure that you, you get one. And for those of you in the room as well, before I read the scripture, if you want to get ready, there's a really clear tab at the top that will reveal the wafer that's inside. We'll start with this representing the bread. And at home, if you need to, to take a moment, if you don't already have it in front of you, um, this is a great moment. Maybe pause, maybe grab, whether it's a cracker, bread, anything. If you have juice that's handy or something like that, if you're all prepared, great. Um, we're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to read about that, that night that, that Jesus was betrayed. This is the night before the sacrifice. And what we're remembering now is that sacrifice. And this is how he shared it. This is the Apostle Paul writing, sharing what he's received. He says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, gave thanks to God for it, then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. Let's all take a moment together and remember. And then the final tab for those of you in the room. Let's get this ready before we read that final piece of scripture and then the band's going to lead us in the same way he took the cup of wine after supper saying this cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood do this to remember me as often as you drink it let's take this and remember that covenant Father, we thank you for this moment to reflect on what you've already done for us, what's already made possible. And as the band gets ready to lead us, we pray that uh, the words of these songs, uh, whether we're singing it out, out loud or, or just reflecting on this together, uh, that we'd be reminded of, of what you've done, not, not just for what we call Good Friday, but for that Easter Sunday and what that means for us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name.